Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And it's going to be a true crossover day because we're going to do sports. So then we're going to bring uh, some sports with Craig first. And then we're going to bring Kevin and Lee Pock on. And we're going to talk a little preacher. And so initially the plan, Craig, was you and me were going to come on and talk a little baseball since we just reached the all-star break. We figured we'd take a look at uh, how our preseason picks were doing. But then basketball and the NBA, Craig about a half hour ago decided to swoop in and say Napada baseball and we're going to be talking about a little basketball because three pieces of news have come down one major one minor but significant and one I'm just flat out hoping is not true quite frankly oh okay and well yeah let's 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 go through all the news then so we'll go through all the NBA news first off we'll we'll start with the major news Tim Duncan uh, 19 years in the National Basketball Association, five championships, I think two MVPs, and just a whole lot of great memories has officially called it a career. Yeah, pretty good. Um, basically, when you draft first overall, like mm-hmm. you hope against like what you're hoping for against all hope is maybe we'll get something that's even remotely close to what Tim Duncan brought to the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, man. I'm gonna, I'm years like... of being relevant. That team was relevant all mm-hmm. 19 of those seasons. Think I, about I that. Think, I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty sure that's. I, I read that when since Tim Duncan got drafted, the San Antonio Spurs have had the highest winning percentage in the of of any team oh, in in that. Yeah, in I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned if that wasn't true. Yeah, like any team in the just, Big Four. Yeah, yeah, I'd be stunned if that wasn't true. Oh, good lord. Um, well, let's I mean, just read their their playoff results in the post Duncan post Duncan draft. They got to the uh semifinals in 98 and lost to that really good Jazz team, conference semifinals. Won the title in 99. They lost in the first round against Phoenix in 2000, but Duncan was hurt. Uh got swept by the Lakers in the conference finals in 2001, but that was that loaded Laker team. Yeah, and the, the- should have been the greatest team of all time, right. though. Well, I think I think when we're talking greatest team of all time, uh, we're talking 2001 Lakers, 86 Celtics, and 96 Bulls. And yeah. the Golden State Warriors of last year, I guess, are kind of shoehorned into that conversation. But I, unlike the other three teams, they were unable to seal, seal the deal. Right. But that's because they had arguably the greatest basketball player of all time in their wake. Yeah. Uh, I, I still get that edge to the 97 or 96, 95-96. I said 96 Bulls. I think I meant 98. No, 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 no. The 98, the, the 96 team was the team that won 72. Yeah, uh, it was they were the, they were the the best, uh, the best. Mm-hmm. And and even like even if you do the whole like well they got into a time machine, everyone played in their primes. Uh, only one of those teams had Michael Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, those Lakers teams are in the conversation. So they lost to the Lakers two years in a row. Um, which, you know, there's no shame in that. Won the title in 03, lost the Lakers in 04, and that was the Derek Fisher year. Won the mm-hmm. title in 05, lost to the Dirk Mavs team in 7 in 06. So, like, in the second round. So, mm-hmm. basically, every year they're getting the second round unless Duncan's hurt. So, if you look at what they did, they won in 07, they lost in the conference finals against the Kobe Lakers team in 08. Uh, they had a first-round hiccup against the Mavs, and things got kind of bumpy a little bit the next few years. But basically, there were a team that was in the championship picture each and every season. In fact, if you look at their win totals from the year Duncan arrived 
all the way until this past season, they won at least 50 games every single year. That's unbelievable. Except for, of course, the lockout season in which they won 37 games and won the NBA title. But that is unbelievable that you can win 50 or more games, essentially, if you, you know, prorate the lockout season, for 19 years in a row. And there are two consistent things that happened during that time. It was Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan. It really is incredible. And I don't think you're going to see a run like it in NBA small market ever again. The only guy that had a chance would have been Kevin Durant if he decided to stick around in Oklahoma City. He did not. So I don't think you're going to see a situation like Tim Duncan again anytime soon. It really, really is something incredible what he was able to accomplish. Well, now I'm going to ask you a couple of the talking head questions. Who was the better player of that generation, Tim Duncan or Kobe Bryant? Tim Duncan. Yeah, me too. And you, you know me, I'm never going to pick Kobe Bryant for anything, yeah. but uh, uh, other than uh, yelling at people competition, but, uh, and even that I'd still want Jordan, <laughs> but yeah, of that generation, I think it, it's got to be Tim Duncan, right? And now the second talking head question I have for you is how many people in NBA history are you taking over Tim Duncan? Uh, it can't be more than 10. I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking it's like five, maybe six tops. Maybe. Michael Jordan. Jordan. LeBron. LeBron James. Magic Johnson, I think, is Magic one of them. Johnson. Not Larry Bird, but not because Larry Bird, and you know me, I love like Larry Legend, but Larry only had nine prime seasons, whereas with Tim Duncan, you get 19. Right. You, you can't beat those numbers, so not Larry Bird. You might say, I don't even, like, yeah, no, it ha- you have to say Magic. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if longevity counts, then you probably have to. Well, I don't know. Him and Kareem is a heck of a debate. Kareem had better numbers, yeah. but um, mm-hmm. him and Kareem would be similar. That's a very good. So let's say let's for sake of argument put Kareem ahead. Yeah, That's four. Um, there can't be that many more than that. Jeez. Um, I, I, I mean, Shaq. Yeah, that's a. I think it is Shaq. Shaq's is obviously better, but there were a lot of years yeah. when Shaq was not that good. Because you mentioned the two thousand, we mentioned the two thousand one season. That was the that was the only season where Shaq tried wire to wire, and, and he destroyed everyone. And he destroyed everyone, and it wasn't even close, yeah. right? And they they, they if it, if not for Allen Iverson, you know, turning into Gene just, Wolf for a game, yeah, game one of the yeah, finals, they, yeah, they probably would have run the table. Yeah, they would have won sixteen and all in the finals. Yeah. So that team was good. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But, so Shaq, but, yeah. So that's five. So it's somewhere between the sixth and tenth best player in the history of the league. And there's going to be some yeah. debates and some arguments. Because you, you get into the, like, the Wilt Chamberlains, the Oscar Robertsons, the Bill Russells, where you, you just can't compare those eras, like, one iota. Right. Yeah. But, you know, like, there are those, like, we have to mention those names for sake of posterity. Of course, yes. But, no, and, and but, I agree. Yeah. That um, those names have to be mentioned, but I like it's just it, it is just so so hard to to look back yeah. through it, and especially like you know Russell has all those those team successes, but mm-hmm. basically as far as we know, Red Auerbach was the only person who had any idea how to run an NBA team in that in that era. So 
Yeah, that's why he had a lot of those there successes. Were, is he, there were also eight teams. Yeah, he was that. he was yeah. playing chess, and everyone else they weren't even playing checkers. Like he was playing chess, yeah. and everyone else was playing snakes and ladders. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's kind of hard to compare. But and and I suppose you could say the same for kind of maybe not so bad for Greg Popovich mm-hmm. and R.C. Buford. Nonetheless, the Spurs have just been the model organization in sports for twenty years. Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich have been why I will miss Tim Duncan, and I have no idea. Yeah. Like, the Spurs are going to be good this, this upcoming season. They're probably going to win 50 games again. But it'll be interesting to see if they can ever get back to the championship level without mm-hmm. Tim Duncan on the team. And Kawhi Leonard's obviously a great building block. But can they ever get back to that level without Duncan? And how much longer is Popovich going to be part of this now that Duncan's mm-hmm. gone? Here's why I think Tim Duncan won't be as... I, I don't think he'll be remembered as fondly as some of the other guys we mentioned. And I completely disagree with this line of thinking, but this is just me playing devil's advocate. What was Tim Duncan's all-time greatest highlight? Huh. Like, off the, like nothing comes to your head, right? Like, like no, if you talk no, Shaq... It's, yeah, if, you, if you, Shaq, it's like either... It's, it's like the alley-oop against Portland. Yeah, or the or shattering or, of the, the backboard. The glass. Or, yeah. but that was Jordan, you know, you got the tongue wagging when he switches arms in the air, dunking on 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 uh, Patrick Ewing and Dikembe Mutombo. I think that the Jordan moment that lasts forever for me is probably in the finals against Portland when yeah. he did the thing where, like, he had hit... Shrug? Yeah, he did, like, well, I guess I'm going to hit all the shots, guys, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or was that against Cleveland? Or Yeah, that was against Cleveland, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. So awesome. Either way. And he also, you know, the shot over, uh, over Russell, Russell and yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell and, and like, like Tim Duncan, I don't think has that moment, does he? Like he just, cause he was just so good. I mean, there's a reason they called him the big fundamental. He was just so damn good, but nothing he did was super safe. Like if he dunked more, I think we'd be talking about Tim Duncan as like a top five player in the, in the, the history of the NBA, because, you know, people just, they, they, they love that flash and substance, but just Tim Duncan never had that, and but he was just so fucking good that it was it it didn't matter, and he was just the ultimate teammate, and he made everybody around him better at all times. He never crushed teammates. He never did any of that, and it's it just he was the the consummate professional throughout his entire career, and knew when to take over. Like he he came in as a rookie for David Robinson, and when David Robinson was out, he just slid right in and took over the leadership role of that team. I it's just. It's phenomenal. I, 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 will, I don't think we'll ever see a guy like Tim Duncan again in the National Basketball Association. No, he's just, he's just really good. And not only that, but you have like the leadership. And, and I, some of this is kind of the chicken or the egg thing. Were yes. R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich able to create the Spurs culture because Tim Duncan was there? Or did mm-hmm. Tim Duncan thrive because of the Spurs culture that Greg Popovich and R.C. Buford created? It's probably a combination of both those. It's one of those situations yes. where, you know, the stars sort of aligned. Mm-hmm. But it was a situation where um, it, it's just probably never going to be seen again unfolding kind of exactly the way that it did. And Duncan got a little lucky, too, whereas he went to a team that already mm-hmm. had a Hall of Fame dude that wasn't quite in his prime, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a pretty gosh darn good way for Tim Duncan to enter the NBA is I'm going to a well-run organization who had been to the, 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 the pre like 
before they had the year when everything went wrong and Robinson didn't play, they had David Robinson, you know, as an MVP in 94-95. They got to the conference finals and lost to Houston. They lost to the Jazz in 95-96. Uh, there, there was a big, a very, very stable foundation there before Duncan arrived, and that obviously adds to some of, of what happened. That's how he got to win the title in his second season, you know? Ah, so good. Yeah. I mean, I just... And and you mentioned about how San Antonio got got lucky. They they I think had the third best odds of winning the lottery that year, and ended up I forget who had the number one. And it's it's best not to yeah to, I can't remember either. Look up who I can't remember who no, it was, no. and it's it's probably best we don't look it up and and find out who had the best lottery odds that year. But uh, yeah, it was uh, the, the Spurs got lucky. I mean, who who would have thought uh, David Robinson you know tearing their I mean usually when the best player on your team hurts themselves. Yeah, it's it's usually a bad thing, but in the case of the San Antonio Spurs, they kicked off twenty years of awesome, <laughs> yeah, uh, winning titles. twenty years of prosperity. <laughs> yeah, that like may not be over uh, quite yet. They still have Lamarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard on the same team. True, that should still yeah. be good to be to be a decent basketball team. Man, who who knows? They might they'll, they'll probably get another. Few, <laughs> they, they're always going to be a free agent destination as long as they're so good. Excellently run. Um, they need they need guard help though. Like Tony Parker has had a career, yes. but Tony Parker is a little bit cooked, I think, at this stage of our lives. Yes, uh, I agree. So they need some help there. Tony Tony Parker does this thing. He's he's doing this thing right now where he's cooked for about not, uh, like eighty five percent of the season, and then he'll have like a seven or eight game stretch where you're like, oh, there he is, right. And then he disappears again, and you're like, eh. Tony Parker, even the best of times, if you were up against mm-hmm. a team with Russell Westbrook on it or a team with Steph Curry mm-hmm. on it or Clay Thompson, Tony Parker, even the best of times, is not going to be a guy that was easy to have on the floor. And yeah. that is just... And I think to... if, if we were able to get Greg Popovich into a room and inject him with truth serum and ask him who, like, the most frustrating guy he, he's ever coached, I'll bet he would... I'll bet Tony Parker probably Parker, up. Uh... Yeah, I'll bet he, I think Greg Popovich coached Steven Jackson. Yeah, you know what? You bring up a touche. Touche, good sir. What a title of Steven Jackson. Yeah, but true. nonetheless, touché, Steven Jackson was a guy who may yeah. have been frustrating to coach at times. That's true. That's true. Um, your boys out there. Well, anyway, put a capper on the Tim Duncan thing. We'll miss you. And you were fantastic. Here's the th- here's the weird thing is. I used to not like those Spurs teams. Why? Because they were boring? Uh, I didn't find them to be particularly exciting, but I, the way I watch basketball has kind of evolved since then, plus the way they played has evolved since then. I didn't find them to be particularly exciting, and it, it seems that they always went up against teams that I enjoyed uh, in big series. Like, I always wanted them to lose to the Nash Suns teams. Yeah, that's you know? true. The only, the only one of this where I look back and and go... God damn you guys to the Spurs was the the was it 06 when Robert Ory body checked uh, 2007 that's 2007 right when when Ory body checked Steve Nash and and uh, I I still can't believe they suspended Stoudemire for that game that game five or I mean it was oh I mean the, the NBA I don't think the NBA would have done that now right um uh, I would say that would be highly unlikely it's just so like would. Would Silver do that? I, I, I don't think so. I don't, well, well, I guess it was one of those moments because David Stern was a guy who who people people accuse of you know fixing games and and you know having ref, having referees 
go, you know, telling referees before games, say, hey, you know, we're favoring this matchup in, in, in the next round, so make sure these guys win. And, and you know, for all, all the conspiracy stuff around that, he did still suspend uh, yeah. Amari Stoudemire for that game five when, when the rules were the rules. So I, I don't – it's it's I mean, that – Suspending Amari Stoudemire kind of pokes a, a pretty big hole in the old David Stern as a conspiracy uh, guy. Yeah, because you you would think that if you were David Stern, you probably if you you would have hoped been hoping for the Suns to win that series. Yeah, but who knows? Um, yeah, that's uh, so. I was always cheering, obviously, for those Nash Suns teams against them, and they ran into them a couple of times in the playoffs, and I was always hoping they would lose. And I always loved Nash, obviously, on those Mavericks teams as well, and they ran into the Spurs in the playoffs a bunch of times, like. Steve, Dun- Steve Nash probably would have, would have won at least two or three titles if Tim Duncan never existed. At least uh, one. Yeah, probably There's gets at least, least one. one in there. Probably gets yeah. at least one. Uh, the, I mean, the other one was when he hit that three in game one against, uh, I think that was, it was either 08 or 09. It was the year they had Shaq. Yeah, it was 2000. Oh, yeah. It was the first round of the playoffs. That three-pointer that three is ridiculous. It was 2008. They won that yeah. series. It was in like five. game one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they won that series in five. But basically, like if you were on the Suns, you're like, oh man, we lose as soon as Duncan hit that shot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I hit that random three pointer. There's we were talking about Tim Duncan's moment. That might have been his maybe one that was thing. his moment. And it was a fucking three pointer. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, I always cheered against them. I didn't sort of come to respect them until well, I, I respect them the whole time, but I didn't sort of come to enjoy and be like, oh man, we're lucky to have the Spurs. Until oh, it's hard to say. Like it, it would have been kind of. I think it was after the Heat formed the super team. Yeah, and maybe. Just... And then you're like, oh yeah, these are the guys against the Heat. Yeah, that might have been it. Man. But eventually, you're just sort of like, oh man, we were lucky to have the Spurs, just yeah. like Duncan and the and the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it, it just you you kind of look back on it and yeah, you know, you're reflecting like, man, those those teams were. Maybe I I don't know if fun is the right word, but uh, efficient is definitely a good word and fundamental. Uh, fundamental. They put the fun in fundamental. Oh, Craig. Your, I may have your iconic Duncan moment. Okay. And it may have occurred when he wasn't on the floor. Oh, what, when he got when Joey Crawford threw him out of the game for having a nice laugh on the bench. For not even yeah talking to him. That I'll never forget that Tim Duncan. Like you know, yeah. if you're a football fan, you're, you you enjoyed you know Manning face for the longest time. That was Tim Duncan's, like, are you fucking kidding me face? <laughs> like, I, I I don't know. What's this enjoying Manning face that you're talking about? I don't remember ever doing that. Uh, <laughs> well, other people. Other people. <laughs> just put a Super Bowl. Come on. All right, fine. Uh, and, like, the Broncos didn't really get Manning face. That was a Colts thing, right? Yeah, and well, also, no, no. I, I'm quite certain, too. even though I've never yeah. actually watched the full highlight since, I'm quite certain there would have been one after the it's Joe on, Flacco like, it's, incident. Yeah, it's on YouTube yeah. though. The guess what? The... Not watching it. <laughs> well, no, not that. Tim Duncan. Oh, the, the Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. Yeah, yeah, no, I know that's on there. I actually watched that like a couple months ago. Cause yeah, because they... it was like I hate Joey Crawford, man. Yeah, and and for, like Joey Crawford hated the Spurs, and that actually is a stern conspiracy theory. Is like yeah. there are random like pretty significant Spurs games over the years that Joey Crawford happened to be the referee for, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Uh, there were a few like that where certain teams felt like if this guy's refing the game, we can't actually win the basketball. Yeah, oh yeah, game. there are some refs that just like their the the team's record when uh, when they ref a certain team is just absolutely abysmal, and 
Joey Crawford's Spurs record wasn't ridiculous, but when you look at his record compared to the other referees, you're like, oh, okay. and he got and didn't Crawford get suspended? Did. for like he did for like for a, a month the rest or something? Of the season because this happened really? in 2007. It was April 2007 yeah. because Duncan said, "Hey, do you want to fight?" Or th- th- that's what Crawford said to Duncan apparently when he was ejecting him. Is I'm going to eject you and we can also fight right now. And Tim Duncan, to his credit, said, "No." <laughs> Because <laughs> there are some NBA superstars of the years who may have taken Crawford up on the offer. Yeah. Um, but Tim Duncan's like, no, I'm not going to fight you on the floor of an NBA game. Uh, oh, and Stern God. obviously believed Duncan's side of the story and suspended Crawford for the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Joey Crawford would have extended the same invitation to to a say Ron Artest. Yeah, if, yeah, that's if, a good yeah. point. Would you, like, if if, if, he, if Joey Crawford was objecting Ron Artest for laughing, would he have said yeah. to Ron, "Want to fight"? Because yeah. I think that Ron probably would have been like, you know what? Yes, I do. <laughs> now that you mention it, I think that we should fight. Um, oh, yeah, so that's probably not the way things would have gone. God. I'm going to miss Tim Duncan. That is so bad. Although, you know what? I'll, I'll give him credit for. No, I, I'm, I mean, we just watched Kobe Bryant go on the retirement tour. I'm so happy Tim Duncan's not oh, going on the retirement tour. And this is the so Tim Duncan happy. way to retire, is it it absolutely is. Duncan was never going to be the guy who went on the retirement tour. Like, it was just so – because, like, the Kobe retirement tour was a, was different from, say, like, the Mariano Rivera retirement tour where everybody respected the hell out of Rivera and, like, Rivera was such a uh, – not to say that people didn't respect Kobe. They they did respect him as a basketball player. But they may have thought he was kind of a dick. But, yeah, but probably not as a human being. Yeah. So, when, like, Kobe was, like, going from place to place, it was like, yeah, Kobe's here, you guys. <laughs> you know? like, so I got a kick out of that as a, as a guy who's not a fan of that particular person. But Who's left like, in yeah. sports that could pull off the I'm doing the retirement tour? Garnett, maybe. Even, in, in NBA? Yeah, I, I, basically in any of the four major sports. Like, any of the my last major- year, everyone celebrate the fact that I'm coming to your ring for one last time. I don't for hockey. Like I don't even know if Aginla qualifies. Maybe, maybe yeah. Crosby in a few in a few years. Yeah, Aginla. I think Aginla would qualify yeah. if Aginla did a. Uh, this is my last year thing. This is my last year thing. Yeah. Oh, Tom Brady would qualify probably. Maybe, but it'd yeah, be more but like, like like not that Tom Brady is an awful person in some ways, like Kobe Bryant is. Mm. Because uh, he's not, but it would be more like that. I think it'd be more of a, like, oh man, we have to celebrate this guy for God's sake. Well, the fans, I think, would uh, like if they tried to do the thing where it's like we're now giving a gift to Tom Brady. The, fa- the fans would not like that one bit. Just yeah, <laughs> Ooh, get out of yeah. here, Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah like and here uh, come the pretzels. Like this David Ortiz is on kind of. Yeah, on he's kind of doing it now. And I mean, his is not as pronounced though i'm I guess no it hasn't been like the rivera and the jeter one no yeah so which is strange shouldn't it be like the no mario and jeter one? no because jeter and rivera are much better players than he was true they at least threw a baseball from time to time yeah, specifically rivera who exclusively did that yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's so weird though like isn't it weird like i get it for pitchers but is it weird that david ortiz like i can't remember the last time i saw david ortiz throw a baseball and i know there's some red sox fans listening that are just giving me the business right now but if you can tell me the last time you saw david ortiz throw a baseball i'll shut the hell up yeah. that's because like that's just so weird well, to me, I, you know, I, right? I would see i would uh, without looking at lineup cards i would think it would have happened in the 2013 world series but then, did for he like throw it? Games. Or did he just like, did he have to throw a ball while it was in play? I don't know. But they probably went around the horn a couple of times. 
Yeah, like that would be it. Right? Did he like, throw the ball while it was in play? I don't know. I have to look at the box score. <laughs> oh man, that's that's just a weird thing about baseball to me. But I, I you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's just the way the game is played. And and after watching Marco Estrada, you know, wrench his back, <laughs> probably like might maybe put a wrench in the Jays' season after you know taking cuts against the what was it the fucking Diamondbacks the, the Rockies or something. or something doesn't matter I think it was the Diamondbacks no no it was the Rockies yeah because they were in Colorado yeah they're playing the Diamondbacks sooner yeah. either way national. you were right pitchers shouldn't yeah. be hitting because stuff like that happens yeah and it's just dumb plus, although plus, it is like, funny so much more strategy oh yeah. having a guy at the end of the lineup that gets out almost every time that's strategic. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, and, the, like, who doesn't love the bunts, Craig? The bunts and the double swift. And what about oh, when you can put a crappy hitter as the eighth guy and he gets intentionally walked a whole bunch of times because he's hitting ahead of the pitcher? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Baseball. Yeah. Oh, man, what, what, a strategic, uh, what a strategic game this is. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like, National League, get your shit together. And, like, it's also a whole thing, like, it's the only league in it's the only, it's a it's one of the big four in North American big four, and it they have one league that plays by a different set of rules as the other league. Yep. Like 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 one conference plays by a different like that is. Could you imagine it, if in the in the NBA? Oh no, this is a game in a Western Conference uh, stadium. So yeah. there's no three point line here. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? That's another thing that's weird. Well, I don't know if they're going to want to trade for Steph Curry. They're in the East, and there's no three-point line there. It really hurts his value. Yeah, (laughs) it's just so weird. And and the other thing about baseball is baseball is able to have, like, you can custom design your stadium. Yeah. And then build your team around, like, like the Yankees have that short right field porch, so they put a lot of, you know, left-handed power hitters in their lineup. I mean, that's the same thing. Imagine if, like, the, the the Warriors right now were able to extend their three-point line. Yeah. Well, the three-point line's so, 30 feet here in Golden State. Oh, yeah, that's not yeah. a problem at all for us? Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> Hope you other teams it? can adjust to that, okay? <laughs> yeah, why does every other team, every other sport get to uh, have, you know, a set field that they have to play on? Yeah. <laughs> like, be like, oh, you're coming, it's like, Oh, you're coming to play the Arizona Cardinals today? Well, guess what? We've got a CFL size field, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Plenty of room for our corners to play center field yeah. here. Right? <laughs> guess oh. what? There are three downs now. <laughs> yeah. God. Big, big oh, advantage wow. for the Packers. <laughs> uh, your boy signed Jared Sullivan. Yes, today. I'm oh. very happy with that signing. Yeah, uh, I'll miss Sullivan. I, I, when he was on the court for the, for my Celtics, yeah. he was he was always fun. It's just his back slowing well, down. There's always the a speculation, well, not even speculation, that whether he was in the best of shape at times has always been a question. But when you can take True. take a flyer on him for one year at the mid-level exception, which is yeah, exactly for- what the Raptors have done, there's a little bit of an element of if this works out, it's going to be just like the Biombo situation. Yeah, I was just going to say there's a chance. It, it, there's a, if, it, like, if this goes great, if this is a signing with a home run, yeah. like the Biombo one was, Sollinger yeah. not playing for the Raptors next season. Not only that, but like Sully could potentially become your like Biombo became your your JYD. Yeah, like you know how he was like the lunch pail guy who just came to work and blocked shots, and they loved him. And and you know Toronto loves their lunch pail guys, going all the way back to the Wendell Clarks and 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 the whatnot. You know the guys just just show up for work. Right. And and you know Sullinger Sullinger could be that guy for the uh, for the Toronto Raptors. Solid signing. 
Yeah, it's a good signing. And here's the thing. If he's going to do the Scola job from the starting five, so the starting five mm-hmm. becomes Valanciunas, Selinger, and I know there's some issues potentially defensively with Valanciunas and Selinger as your four and your five, but I think they'll be able to figure it out. Sully's not as bad as No, he? no, I don't think he is either. I'd have to check. Maybe if I check the, the advanced stats, but um, – from the eye test, and granted, I'm not a scout, he was never a Here's the thing, and someone pointed this out on Twitter today. Uh, the Celtics were the fourth best team in defensive efficiency in the NBA last year, and Sollinger mm-hmm. played, like, almost 30 minutes a game. Yeah, like, right? He can't be that bad. Like, no. you know, if he, was a, if he was, like, a weak spot defensively on the floor, our teams would have gone after him a little bit more. He, need, he was a terrible rebounder. That was the, that was the thing I'd say about um, Yeah, Yeah, his rebound rates are, are okay. Maybe he misses some gimmies, but... Uh, yeah, that that was the thing. He did he yeah. did miss gimme. He wasn't good at anticipating below the rim, right. but that's that's a the whole other thing. Yeah, right? well, Valanciunas and Carroll are yes. rebounders, so. Uh, so yeah, I, I, the idea of having him and Valanciunas on the floor and and, and Selinger is kind of in Scola's role, where maybe he becomes a stretch three and he shoots a lot of corner threes off of pick and roll plays, or or just sets some screens and winds up shooting corner threes is perhaps a better way to phrase it. Uh, that would be really good. I think that he's a guy who can do that, and I know his three-point shooting numbers are not necessarily what you want, but I think if you isolate it for just the corner threes, they become a little better, so maybe he just exclusively does that. So I think this is a sign that could work out extremely well. Uh, The Raptors uh, are very, very, very deep. They have Mm -hmm. too many players. DeLon Wright should be in an NBA rotation. That guy is good, but he can't obviously take minutes from Lowry, and he can't obviously take minutes from Joseph. So... They've still got a couple of moves to make, I think. Either they're going to make them during the offseason, I don't know. But they've got trade chips, and they should be able to do something with them. they got an extra first-round pick, because they got a first-round pick and Norm Powell for Gravis Vasquez for some reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good Maasai trade. Uh, and obviously, they, they drafted two guys in the first round this year, because remember they, when they got that top 10 pick for Andrea Bargnani? <laughs> Uh, yeah. You've noticed that people have stopped trading with Messiah. Yeah, it's weird, eh? I wonder why that right? came to an end. <laughs> uh, yeah, or at very least the less gifted general managers have stopped doing it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where we're at there. Uh, there are pieces on this team that could be moved uh, for something significant if they wanted. So we will see how that goes. But they're a deep team. They've got probably 10, 11 guys that could be getting real minutes for NBA teams, and they're going to give real minutes to eight of them. Yeah, I'm I'm already dreading Jared Sollinger scoring in the low post on the Boston Celtics in round two next year. I'm already dreading dreading that. Well, here's the one thing that did happen, though, is Al Horford ate Sollinger alive during the playoff series between those two teams. Mm -hmm. So the Raptors are going to have to find something a little more clever for Horford if if the Raptors Mm -hmm. and the Celtics play. I feel like that that's that's happening this year. We've been dancing around it for like 15 years now, Craig, but I the feel Raptors like this Celtics is, playoff series. Is kind of, I think the Raptors Celtics is 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 happening this year. Unless It seems like if, know, you, if the Raptors are the 2 seed or the Celtics are the 2 seed and the Raptors are the 3 seed mm-hmm. in the East, which yeah. there's a very good chance of that happening. Mm-hmm. It feels as though that's something that would uh, could easily happen in round 2. Yeah. And then right, whoever yeah. wins can be swept by the Cavs. <laughs> yeah. Not swept. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I thought the Raptors were going to get swept by the Cavs this year, and they didn't because Cleveland stopped trying for a couple of games. That's uh, true. Yeah. yeah they, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. Uh, but yeah, when you look at, because like, you just look at the, the Raptors' current situation, and they've got their starting five, who I mentioned, which is Valanchunas, DeRozan, Carroll, Lowry, and Sullinger. Then to that, you add Patterson, Powell, Ross, 
right off the bench. Like there, like there are a lot of guys who should be getting NBA minutes on this roster who are not going to be getting NBA minutes because the team is too deep. So we'll see what they decide to do, but it's uh it's uh, it's an interesting team at least from the depth perspective. They don't have the the trade assets that the Celtics do when it comes to the ridiculous Russell Westbrook. Yeah, when it comes to the ridiculous uh yeah. ridiculous draft picks that they got from the Nets, which would be a really enticing way to try to get Russell Westbrook on your team. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we'll see. Like the Raptors don't have Westbrook pieces. I think honestly if the Westbrook trade happens, Basically, you're looking at the Suns and the Celtics as the teams that can go get them. Like, I don't know who else is doing it. Like, people are going to say, well, what about the Lakers? And the Lakers have the advantage of if we trade for this guy, he's probably going to stay on our team. Whereas mm-hmm. the Celtics and Suns would be rolling the dice a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I don't, like, what are the Lakers trading to Oklahoma City for Westbrook? Nah. D'Angelo Russell like, on a first, yeah, and even that and would the Lakers don't have a first this year if it lands in the top four, the yeah. top three rather. Mm-hmm. So there's that, uh, or if it doesn't, if it doesn't land in the top three rather, so it would have to be a first next year, which would likely mm-hmm. be a first from a, uh, uh, that would follow a year of Russell Westbrook's on the team the whole time. So that pick's not that valuable. I I do not get how like the Lakers Westbrook trade rumors. I do not understand. I just don't get how they convince Oklahoma City to make that deal. It's just, I think the people writing that are the people who still believe that the Los Angeles Lakers are good and a destination, and they have not yet accepted the fact that for the first time in my life, the Los Angeles Lakers suck balls. Yeah, they're not good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, mean, I've I've been loving it. It's been fantastic for me. I, I, wow. Like, they're awful. (laughs) It's been a joy to, to watch them spin their wheels for the last couple of years. Um, Draymond Green, Craig. Yeah, he's in trouble. Yeah, I got into a little bit of a thing today, and if you're uh, if you're one of those uh, loquacious types who uh, really hated the Kevin Durant thing and are cheering against Golden State for what I perceive to be petty reasons, but that's that's just one man's humble opinion. Uh, this gives you a little more fuel for that fire. Uh, because Draymond Green uh, was arrested earlier la- at some time last night, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, for slapping a guy. Yeah, well, I assume in the nuts, right? And honestly, as soon as that happened, I made that joke in the newsroom. I'm like, oh, I wonder if anyone else has tweeted that yet. And then I yeah. searched Draymond Green and a variety of different words. Uh, a variety of different words that could be used, be used to describe a man's testicles. And it yeah. turns out everybody was making that joke. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke that has to be made. Well, yes, yeah. when when yeah. you had a reputation for kicking people in the testicles yeah. and then you get arrested for assault, it, yeah. one naturally goes there. His reputation precedes him. Right. That's all. I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to be anything serious. I'll tell you the thing that I didn't like, and this is just me personally, and maybe this makes me a horrible human being, but given the recent history we've had with sports guys and whenever they get into sports guys athletes, <laughs> athletes yeah. whenever they get because into, you're a good guy at sports uh because, all right, great. whenever they get into these altercations which unfortunately happens more often than not i didn't like the fact that the first thing i read on on <laughs> the first like the first article i read on on uh the draymond green arrest was the fact that you know it said Assault charges, dot, 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 
the victim was a man. Yeah. And I thought to myself, oh, thank God. Yeah, I was <laughs> right? pretty happy like, about that, too. Obviously. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, it's thank just God. some idiot. Dude. Like, it's some idiot who was heckling in a bar and he got upset. Like, yeah, I can live with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Which is allegedly what it is. Right? Yeah. It's just some guy who, who was probably being a dick. And then now Draymond, Draymond Green could have turned the other cheek and walked away. But that's not how Draymond Green rolls now, is it? No, it's not. Uh, and apparently not on or off the basketball court, right. apparently. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it doesn't look like it's going to be anything serious. He'll just pay a fine. I don't, it doesn't, certainly doesn't seem like he's going to serve any jail time or anything. No, but no. Uh, this will be shouted at him in every uh, arena for the foreseeable future. You know what? I don't even know if that's true. You don't I'll think so? Why. I, if uh, I'm an opposing fan you know, looking to heckle Draymond Green, do I heckle yeah. him over, hey, you got mad at a guy in a bar near Michigan State? Which I suppose mm-hmm. you could do. Or do you mention, hey, you kicked multiple people in the testicles during last year's playoffs? Well, I, I don't. I think I, you go I with that. Second, but I don't think you just limit it to yourself to one. Oh, I see. You're kind of like smorgasbord of Draymond Green incidents. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like now that you've got more than one, I'm sure people will be shouting like, "Hey, you fucking, I don't know, assault guy." But you know, hopefully a little more clever than than what I just came up with off the top of my dome piece. That wasn't very good, but. You see where I'm going with this. Yes. I just, I, I, I just assume that, uh, it'll be, it'll be, people will be shouting shit at him anyway, so I guess just throw a little more, uh, on the pile. Uh, it's not going to affect his ability to start the season or anything like oh, that. Oh, God, no. But, no, no. And, and the, even if it did, let's just say Draymond Green was suspended for mm-hmm. 10, 10 games. games. What, what are the, what's the Warriors record going to be in those 10 games? At worst, eight and two. Yeah. <laughs> like I, and we don't even have a schedule up yeah. yet. Yeah, no, I don't care who they're playing. Too. And like people, like they, people will say, "Oh, well, you know, they would go ten and zero." I, I think that the Warriors are going to throttle back on the. Yes, I agree. I think that they. They're I not going to be chased. Regret is the right wins. word. No, it's definitely not regret. But I think they would probably look back on how the regular season went and think to themselves, yeah, "If me, if we had just been like willing to settle for like, you know." 70 and 12. Yeah. Maybe things might have gone differently in the playoffs. Now, that said, they you lost a game seven to the Yeah, and a game they easily could have won. But yeah. Curry was banged up in yes. these playoffs. And he Absolutely. may have been banged up no matter what. Maybe he slips on that water in Houston no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. But you think to yourself, if he had a, just a few less miles on him, and I know that they took him out of a lot of blowouts. Mm-hmm. He had a few less miles on the season. Does, think, does that go exactly the same way? The answer is probably, but if you don't know the answer to that for sure, which you don't, and you're the Warriors, that kind of probably pisses you off. You're thinking to yourself, oh, man, maybe if we didn't have the win record, maybe we'd have another title right now. Again, you, you, you probably don't. That series against Cleveland probably goes exactly the same way, but who knows? Who celebrated harder Cavaliers winning Game 7, the fans of Cleveland or Scottie Pippen? Because Scotty, it's got to be, like, second, be the fans of Cleveland due to like generations of heartbreak. Of, but yeah, Scott but was like, probably pretty happy. He was well. He was. I swear, he was on radio. He was on multiple radio stations within minutes of that game being over. Going, yep, seventy three doesn't count. Yeah. Didn't win the title. Right. And it was just like, come on, Scotty, <laughs> like, get it together, bud. Yeah. Oh man. So I said, you want to talk a little baseball? Uh, yeah, let's talk a little baseball before we go. All right. So we'll, we'll save the Jays for last. Because uh, you know, we, we, I know uh, a lot of our friends and family are, are waiting for us to talk about 
the blue yes, but uh, we'll wait. Um, what is your, and this is a lame question I know before I ask it, but I, it's got to be, it's, it has to be asked. What is the biggest surprise in this first half of the Major League Baseball season? I mean, it's it's just. Are we talking well, team player? or Does it matter? Doesn't matter. Whatever you feel like, because uh, the Giants obviously not matter. Giants being hurt. this awesome. Yeah, that that's me. Because I mean, I and like they're getting a little bit lucky based on the numbers, but like well, they're getting a lot of it lucky, but they're also playing well, which is a pretty it, bad combination. When you don't allow the other team to score runs very often, which mm-hmm. they have not, you're going to be in a good spot. I'm really as as bang on as I was with how I felt about the angels this year, I have been as wrong as I was on the giants. Like I knew the giants were going to win, but I I felt like they weren't going to make 90 wins and they're going to cruise the 90 wins. Johnny Cueto. Like, yeah, man, I understand that, that if you're a Royals fan from last season, you probably don't have a lot of regrets, but mm-hmm. you're probably thinking to yourself, where the hell was this Johnny Cueto? I don't know. If that guy was, it was available. Like, yeah. He was not this guy for the Royals. Remember the Blue Jays like roughed him up a couple of times when he was with Kansas City. Oh, yeah, I mean they were few teams roughed him up. He was not great in Kansas City. Like there were talks of him not being in the rotation for the playoffs yep. and stuff like that. And they were like, "No, we got to do it." And that's like it. It might come down to Johnny Cueto is just a National League pitcher. Maybe um, his ERA plus right now is one sixty two, which is very <laughs> good. If you're not familiar with ERA plus, one hundred means you're an average middle of the road pitcher. And his is 162. Madam some Bumgarner's coming in at uh, at 206. Good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cueto has been excellent. Uh, and the the record's a little misleading. Like he's 13 and one, and that obviously is not everything to do with him. And and record can be very misleading for starting pitchers. But uh, Cueto uh, has been excellent. Bumgarner's been excellent. Samaraj has been pretty good. Um, they're that a good one team. Ticked me off more than Cueto is Samaraj to being. Well, yeah, like. An above yeah, average, you know, I'm just average, like, oh, come on. Which he was not for the White Sox last season, obviously. No. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's the situation with the Giants. And they've got a couple other guys who you look at and you're like, wait a minute, why is this guy good? Like, you look at guys like Joe Panic and Brandon Crawford and Matt Duffy, and it feels like they're all the same guy. Like, they were never really hot shot prospects, but they come into the majors and they're, like, just excellent players. Brandon Crawford, his slash line right now is 281, 353, 447. Like, <laughs> How does, and he's playing shortstop. Like, how does that yeah. make any? He's playing a good shortstop. Like, how does that make any sense? Like, why is Brandon Crawford one of like ten best guys in the league? Like, where did that come from? Jeez. So none of it makes no, sense. It Baseball, but the, honestly, the Giants' development it. of hitters over the years mm-hmm. is is stop making sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just like guys like like I said, Panic and Crawford and Duffy. Like they just like get guys that come out of nowhere and they're really they good. broke baseballreference.com with that with that line. Yeah, it's weird. Because none of the numbers make sense, and they, they just keep churning them out. And Madison Bumgardner's leading the team in home runs and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, yeah uh, their, their, their actual real life home run leader is Buster Posey. He's a nice player, but Buster Posey has 11 home runs. Yeah. Like, that's not a lot, but they just get on base a ton. Turns out that's helpful. <laughs> uh, their, their, their regular starting nine. I'll read you the on-base percentages, and I'm doing this in order of position. So Posey's at 366, Belt 407, Panic 321, Crawford 353, Duffy 313, Pagan 330, Span 328, Pence 
375. They get on base regularly. Yeah. Yes. Regularly. And in and, and the National League, that's, you know, they, they're honestly, it, it's lame to say they're playing National League ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, 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 they're getting on base. And I think you have to in that ballpark. Yes. You know, you have to. Uh, Madison mm-hmm. Bumgarner's OPS plus, by the way, is 52, which mm-hmm. is not good. Well, they uh, were bringing when, him over and you, when you're, they were using him as a DH yeah, in friggin', <laughs> friggin' interleague yeah, play. They've got guys in their bench who have a lower OPS plus. Josh Tolley's OPS plus heading into yesterday's game, and I, I understand that's like one backup catch in the American League, was two. Mm. <laughs> Madison Bumgarner is 50 points ahead. Oh. Uh, I, think, I think he's a guy that like if something happened, he couldn't pitch anymore. I think that he'd like, I don't know if he'd be able to be a major leaguer doing something else, but I think he might have a shot. Anyways, yeah, playing first base or something. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, maybe the maybe the bat wouldn't play at first, but maybe he might be able to have yeah. a Rick Ankiel type situation if he works on the bat a little bit and be able to get back to the majors doing that, which would be pretty cool. But that would let's be hope awesome. That never Although, yeah, let's let's yeah. let's hope we don't cross that bridge. Are you worried about the Chicago Cubs at all? No, no, I'm not, because it turns out that they've got a lot of excellent mm-hmm. players. And every team hits the skids at oh, one of course, point. Of course, yeah. Like, in, like the problem with the Chicago Cubs though is. There's still the Chicago Cubs, and if they hit the skids, they could always like go full just, Cubs. Yeah, they could go full Cubs. It could be like uh, the old was it the Dusty Baker Mets that like coughed up that giant lead in the last month of the season. Yes, it was in like '04 or something like that. I don't remember that. Like we, I, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen because I really enjoy watching this Cubs team play. Like, yeah, no, they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna give up the lead. No, Arietta is so goddamn good. And is it weird that John Lester not being able to throw the ball to first base has hasn't like that? No teams ever take advantage of that. Yes, because it, it's, that, really cause to me that's just weird. We have a pitcher who can't hold runners a, on, a major league pitcher who cannot throw the ball to first base, Craig, and he's a top twenty pitcher, maybe even top fifteen. But like. Oh, that, like, that's just so weird to me. Like, that'd be like if Steph Curry couldn't pass. If they were like, oh, you know, Steph Curry's yeah. really, really good, but, you know, he just he can't pass the ball. Like, you get to the ball, he, you know, it sticks to him. And it's just, <laughs> oh, it's weird. God, I love it, though. Oh, it certainly is strange. Um, and here's the other thing with the Cubs is they've got a lot of bullets to fire in the trade market because mm-hmm. they've got – a bunch of good prospects. Yes. They probably have too many good prospects to the point where they've got good young players at pretty much all the spots in the diamond now. Well, that, well, the big, so like, where are you going to put your guys? The big rumor was, uh, Schwarber or is Schwarber, right? Who's, who's Who's not playing the season. Yes. For Andrew Miller. That'd be a bad deal for the Cubs. That would be a very bad deal for the Cubs. Not do that. The only, cause like the only thing the Cubs have to say in defense of that trade. Now, Andrew Miller is incredible, and he's a relief pitcher. Like, obviously, you should never, ever, ever, ever trade a prospect like Kyle Schwarber, who could potentially be a 40-home run guy. For a reliever. Yeah, for an eighth-inning guy. But the argument going the Cubs' way is flags fly forever, right? Yeah. And in in the Cubs' uh, case... But like you can get a reliever for without giving up Kyle oh, Schwarber. Absolutely. They've got a bunch of other chips they can use. They've got a bunch of yeah. other chips they can use. Like don't do that, Cubs, for the sake of us. Yeah. Like I don't want Kyle Schwarber to be on the Yankees and forever and like being amazing. Yankees. Yeah, no, yeah. forget that. Um, yeah. 
like if the Cubs do that, I'll never forgive them, and I and and I I will rescind me cheering for them to end the curse for their loyal fans, and I wish the curse to fly for forever. <laughs> if, if you guys deal Schwarber for Andrew Miller, <laughs> Chris Bryant is really good at baseball. Oh, he's so good at baseball. Slumping a little right now, yeah, but, but that's okay. Ben Zobris continues to be Ben Zobris despite the fact that he's thirty-five. I miss Ben Zobris in uh, our AL only league. Yeah. I really I do. I mean, uh, Solaire has been fine. Hayward has not been as usual. Jason Hayward himself, he's no. great defensively, but he hasn't been. Uh, he's got a. He's going to have a moment though. If they get to the playoffs, yeah, there's going to be a moment where like there's going to be like a like a. You remember uh, Bagwell in the in the World Series when he had that like it was like you know, it was like the eight bottom of the eighth inning. Bagwell two 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 count. Runner on second, single, right? Yeah. Like, it'll just be, like, a single that ties the game. Like, there'll be a Jason Hayward moment. Yeah, I think they'll figure that out. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they've got guys like Baez and, and other good players that are not necessarily in the lineup every day. Baez has had 231 plate appearances. But, no, it's a, it's a good baseball team. It's a very good baseball team. And, uh, and, and I see no reason why – again, the, the playoffs in baseball – more so than just about any of the league, is a total crapshoot. But yeah. I see no reason why the Cubs shouldn't be the favorite to win the World Series still. Again, as we said before, the only reason why you wouldn't think, oh yeah, they're they're the team most likely to win the World Series is because they are the Cubs. This exact same group of players playing for, I don't know, pick a team. The exact same group of players playing for the Dodgers, everyone would be like, oh yeah, man, that team's going to win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Dodgers are still. I mean, they're 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 holding on to a wild card right now. Which I guess, if you're the Dodgers, you're like, oh, we'll have Clayton Kershaw versus anybody. Sure, right? Like, yeah. But uh, yeah, they should be doing a little better. The the Los Angeles Dodgers, I think. No, that's not that said. I'm talking about a 51 win team. Uh, anything else? Do you want to do you want to cover anything? Else? I'm like, I'm, well, I I don't I'm, know. I'm uh, we can. I suppose, well, I know, I just look at this, and is there any other teams that you're like, oh, man, we have to talk about those guys? Like, Miami's a little bit better than some people thought. I kind of thought they'd be good this year. We should talk about the Angels and the Trout. wasting of... Yeah, the wasting of Mike Trout's Mike prime Trout. is concerning. Mike Trout's prime, yeah, is... is That's deeply concerning. Very concerning, because, like, they don't have... I, I don't know if you've looked at their cupboard. Their cupboard is bare, and they. I just... Man, I, I'm ticked off about that like because honestly like right now the only people who like i mean i'm sure mike trout gets his coverage but the like the angels are so bad that the the true fans of mike trout are fantasy owners right now which should not be if 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 you may are you worried about your uh your, your tampa bay over isn't looking too good no that. no it's not no. i've got some concerns about that mm-hmm. milwaukee and the dodgers you're gonna nail yeah, I'm feeling good about those. But the Tampa Bay, whereas me, I'm going to nail the Angels, but I'm probably not going to get this Frisco. Frisco's probably going to knock me out if they get a – unless they go on a – Really lousy streak. Yeah, they'd have to go on a really what lousy streak. What was their number? Like 88, uh, 90, under 90. Oh. I think they're going to crack – they're easily going to crack 90 unless – Well, aren't they at their like, like 53 right now or something, so they just got to get like – Yeah, 57. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. There you got. Uh, you've got a buffer of uh, 
mm-hmm. I'm 30, 33 there. wins down the stretch here. So I'm bone there. Yeah. That said, I, I, of the four I have, of the five I have, I'm so happy I didn't like, cause you and I were kind of, here's one I want to talk about. I can't believe they're this terrible as the twins though. Yeah. Why you are and I the were twins this bad? Yeah. Like, I suppose there are a lot of potential bullpen was atrocious. Like, they just cut Kevin Jepsen today. Like, Kevin Jepsen was released, and they were using his, him as their closer for two months of the season after Perkins went down, right? And so that was some of it, but I don't know. I can't explain why they're being so bad. Snow was hurt for a little bit, but that's not it either. Brian Buxton has been up and down. Yeah, and, good defensively, but not good playing. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's it's been weird. I'm I'm really glad I didn't. They've we, been we like didn't. a little below average defensively. Yeah. So it's obviously the uh, the issues surrounding the fact that they can't get anyone out, especially late in the game. So of the five that I picked, it looks like I'm going to hit the White Sox over. I'll bet they get the 81 wins. Oh yeah, I, th- I think you're going to. You're, you're... Tampa Bay, I had the under. I think that's a lock right now. Yeah. San Francisco, I'm going to lose on that one. And the Angels, I think, are a lock. There's no way they're winning 82 games, right? So the one I'm going to have to sweat, though, is the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics currently have 38 wins, and I need them to get to 74. Ooh. That is – that'll be one in the last week of the season. I think I'm going to be like, come on, <laughs> like to the to Oakland. They, I mean, man, Vegas was bang on with that one. Yep. I mean, I just thought they – that said, Oakland's going to trade Rich Hill and, and really – really dick me on that one i think yeah that might be true i kansas city trying to acquire hill and reddick which would be interesting that'd be fun what do the royals have left to give up hunter well i don't know if they will do this but hunter dozier i think would be the guy they that oakland would be asking about yeah i don't think that i don't think that well maybe kansas city would do that i don't know but they would need a lot to make that happen so well because kansas city's doing the thing where they're just trying to repeat now right i don't think that like and i think the team's good enough to be honest yeah, I mean, it's certainly tough, but, like, once they get to the – if they make the they playoffs – the playoffs, then, like, the weirdo Royals crap will start happening again. Yeah, it, it could start happening again. But, I mean, the, the Indians, man, they are – That team's good. They are very, very so good. So, who, like, who do you feel makes the playoffs right? Like, well, do you have uh, what we predicted at the start of the year for the – Yeah. Okay. Here's, here's okay. who we predicted to win the AL East. Actually, you know what? We'll do the AL East last because we'll segue into Blue Jays talk. So, let's do the National League first. Okay. The A, the NL East, we predicted the Nye Mets to win the division. Yeah, which they, looked fine for a bit and is still, I, yeah. I guess, sort of possible. But yeah, well, they're 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 six back. Washington's a little yeah. better than we thought they would be. Marlins are having a heck Marlins of year are too. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marlins over seventy eight and a half. Seventy eight and a half. The, that was one yeah. I, I had all over. And too. the Phillies, not good, but not an embarrassment either. Yeah, they're. Doing stuff. I mean, the Braves Atlanta's are, an embarrassment. Atlanta's very much an embarrassment. Um, in the NL Central, we picked the Cubs. Then looks like everything's pretty copacetic there. Uh, the NL West, we had the Dodgers winning the division, which it looks like the Giants are going to do that. But we also had the Giants as a wild card. We both did. So it, okay, good. Yeah. So it looks like we're, we we had the same picks. If if uh, I oh yeah yeah I think we did for the NL yeah. And. Our other wildcard team, I picked the Cardinals, and you picked the Pirates, I think, which... They're half the a game Pirates, apart right now. <laughs> they're half a game apart right now. But, I mean, that's, like, right now, the second wildcard in 
the National League, as it stands right now, is a five-team race. Sorry, four-team race, which is fun as hell. No, I agree. Like the, Mets, the Mets, the Marlins, the Cardinals, and the Pirates are all within a win of each other. Yeah. And are are heading for... So, can we yeah. agree that none of the Giants, Cubs, or Nationals are going to drop out of this thing? Yeah. So, the They're only one that... It. Maybe the Dodgers, if they get into a little mm-hmm. bit of an issue, will have to... Yeah. Uh, have to worry a little bit about falling behind one of those teams you just mentioned. So yeah. we'll say there is a five-team race for two spots. I would say so, yes. Cool. So of our predictions, the only one we've been kind of wrong on so far is the Nationals, which I'm not going to blame myself because I thought Dusty Baker would sink that team. So did <laughs> so, I. And yeah, hey, which, there's still time. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's still time for Strasburg to be at uh, 130 pitches and be sent back out for the ninth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that doesn't seem like a good idea, Dusty. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, look at him. <laughs> He's striking everyone out. Dusty, you just let him hit in the eighth inning for no reason. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. okay, so the of our National League picks, mm-hmm. we were looking okay there. We had the yeah, Mets out of the Nationals, but... Much better than last year. Yeah, yeah. Much better than last year. American League. American League. Little, little bit more yeah. off. Um, I don't think anyone had Cleveland. No, I mean, Cleveland's the year after team, right? Like everybody picked them last year was the thing. Remember there was they're the, the trendy the, pick. Like, oh, watch out for those guys. Yeah, they're the trendy pick. There was the the thing where it was like, oh, you know, like, I think there was a sport, might have been Sports Illustrated or something. Where I think they wrote like, you know. Look out for the Indians. They're our World Series pick. And then they, you know, fell flat on their ass, and that was no good. Um, so the NL Central, I picked the Royals, and you picked the Tigers. Right. Tigers is still in play. Royals uh, are still in play. They're half a game apart. Still in play. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, I not wouldn't bad. say that either team is looking particularly likely to win. And if you look no. at just the advanced numbers, uh, Detroit and Kansas City and the White Sox, no less, are very mediocre teams. Like they're not they're not good teams. No, they're middle of the road teams. The good, the good teams in the American League are well in the American League. To me, there are three good teams and a bunch of mediocre teams. But we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. For the West, I had we, we both had Houston. We were both bullish on Houston right. and. And they, they had, had an awful start, but they're looking start. good. They're looking good Sloppy now. start, but they – I would not be surprised if they chased down the Rangers. Me neither. I wouldn't be surprised by that one bit. The Rangers, I picked to make the wild card, so I'm, I'm feeling okay about that. Like, I, I, the, the Rangers – I feel like the Rangers are, are making the playoffs. And I, <laughs> Major League Baseball right now, based on the way the standings look, have to – like, Bud Selig has got to be, like, praying to whatever deity if he's able to, you know, move these or days. Rob Manfred or whoever. Rob, Rob yeah, Manfred, yeah, yeah. sorry. All, what am I, a couple years it's behind? It's all the same. Get it together, Pierce. Uh, Manfred has got to be, like, praying that the Astros pass the Rangers. And – they get the Rangers Blue Jays on the one game wild card. Oh no! I think they want the Rangers Blue Jays ALCS. That's true. I'm sure that's what they want. But if they get just the yeah. one game wild card, where just... uh, the idea of Jose Bautista coming up in the ninth inning as the winning run in that in that uh, yeah. in that baseball game and hitting a home run and just like uh, throwing the bat over the fence too. <laughs> yeah. No, he should do the. You know what he should do. Because they got so upset with the bat flip, he should do the Pedro Serrano from Major League, where he runs around the bases with holding the bat. The bat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man. Uh, uh, we so we can segue into our Jays talk now because the AL East. We both picked the Jays. Jays are currently in third, but only because they played a bunch game, a bunch more games than the Red Sox so far. And they have the same number of wins as the Orioles. Unfortunately, the Orioles are going to get four shots to pass the Jays right now. Uh, that said, the, 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 I think the Jays are the best team in the division. Do I do too? I really and I'm not. That. I'm, I I do believe that, and I'm not just saying that as a homer. I mean, I really like this Orioles team. This Orioles team is doing much better than I thought. Mark Trumbo is going to get a massive contract from some team, and they will regret it, <laughs> and they will massively regret it. And I can't wait yeah. for that to happen. See, everyone seems to have forgotten that Mark Trumbo still striking out a ton. Yeah, though. and Mark Trumbo but, was like a lousy version of Adam Dunn. That's what he used to be. Like yeah. Adam Dunn without the on-base percentage. And that yeah. was important. Mark Trumbull, Dunn would at least take a walk every now and then. Yeah, right? exactly. Mark Trumbull's on-base percentage this season is 341, which is very good for a guy that's going to have 28 home runs at the All-Star break. No challenging mm-hmm. that. But if you look at Mark Trumbo's career heading into this season, Mark Trumbo being a 341 on-base percentage guy was not something that seemed, you know, possible. Uh, yeah. He was not a guy that was had the ability to to do that. If you look at his pre Orioles career, which spans from 2010 through 2015, his best on base percentage year, best on base percentage year, he, he had a 3.17 on base percentage with the Angels in 2012. Other than that, he was at 3.16 with Seattle last year. Seattle slash uh, or just with Seattle, and he was even less than that for the year in total because he spent. Uh, a lot of the year of the Arizona where he was at 299 on base percentage. He's been an under 300 on base percentage guy for the majority of his career. And he just came up over that this season. His career is 305 on base. He's not going to keep being this good. He's just not. The power's going to stay because the power's always been there. But he's not going to continue to be this good. I just don't think it's possible. Oh, yeah, it just, man. And, I, and, like, you look at that rotation, and that rotation, like, I, I just, I read the names in the Orioles' rotation, and I get sad. Like, it's just, it's sad. Like, yeah, yeah. The they, Blue Jays obviously have a much better rotation. The Blue Jays have the best rotation yeah. in this division. Yeah, that is oddly not enough. A debate. And while we're still having conversations about, you know, is Sanchez going back to the bullpen, and Stroman hasn't been great over the last little bit, but Estrada leads the league in, like, opponent's batting average right now. Yeah. Nobody's talking. And you know what? I'll be the first to admit. Actually, you know what? I didn't hate the trade. I hated the idea that, like, because we traded. Uh, Adam Lynn for Estrada. Adam Lynn, thank you. And you know me. I was never a fan of Adam Lynn no. in Toronto. I thought, like, like, I thought they held on to him way too long. And when they traded him for Marco Estrada, I, I hate's a strong word, but I, I disliked it because I was like, he gave up the most home runs in the league that year that they traded for him. And then they were bringing him into the Rogers center, which is a band box. Yeah. But then I said, well, as long as their plan is to use him in the bullpen, fine. Should be okay. okay." And then when I heard he was going to be a starter, I was just like, Oh Christ, here we go. Right. And boy, is he, there's no way they knew. There's no way they knew that his changeup would be that. Like, maybe they thought that Marco Estrada could be a good starter. But they they did not. There's no way they knew. Oh, yeah, Marco Estrada could go up there throwing, like, in the low 90s and be one of the best starters in baseball. Mm -hmm. They did not know that. No. So. Absolutely. 
And and he improved. That said, he added the cutter too. Like his cutter never had any movement on it, so he never threw it before he got to Toronto. So I don't know if if it was the Jays bullpen coach or somebody or Estrada just all of a sudden started going, "Hey, this is what I have to do." Oh, I get this pitch now, and then yeah, all of a sudden it started working. But he added that cutter, and it is absolutely made him in in like dare I say elite pitcher Ooh. in Major League Baseball. But I mean, you, I'm just going by the stats right now. He would he would be considered one one of the elite guys. But it's because he's Marco Estrada and he wears a Blue Jays uniform. He's he's not getting a lot of coverage. But I mean, man, he's been great, and I hope his back is all right. And I would hate to think that the Jays lost their ace. And yeah, that's right. I said Marco Estrada, Jays ace. Mm. And and like I would hate to think that he hurt his back and fucked up our ace for. <laughs> Swing I, yeah, hopefully it's not going to be an issue. He's able to pitch through it once. So I mean, maybe there's the all yeah. here. But yeah, if I were him, I was super pissed that you know you're kind of a journeyman in your whole career. You make the All Star game and you can't because you have to hit and effing. Yeah. Uh, let me read to you a slash line here, and you tell me if you know uh, what it is. Uh, this pitcher's slash line since May seventh until today. Uh, well, I wouldn't say slash line, but just uh, here are the numbers. Uh, an ERA of three twenty three, pretty good. Opponents batting average of two thirty one. Opponents on base of two ninety four. Um, whose numbers do you think those are? This is since May 7th. Since May 7th? I am going to guess, Craig, that that would be the slash line for Robert Allen. You're correct. He's been very, very good for two months. Very good. Yeah. It's looking a lot like last year when he's mm-hmm. awful in April yeah. and then fine the rest of the season. I don't know what like what what reason do you think that is? Because it's obviously it's 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 a thing. Like it's a thing. It's just I don't know if it's the weather isn't warm and humid enough, or if Dickie just needs that month. I to think get it his might be a together, Yeah, I think it might be a situation where it's just uh, you have to practice that craft, and no matter how much mm-hmm. you want to practice during the spring training, the off season, there's nothing it that just quite doesn't... simulates the game. Yeah, so maybe it's just a matter of he's just got to you know be in games. Otherwise, he's not going to mm-hmm. be able to do it. Actually, it, can, it gets even better if I go back to May second. His ERA is three ten. Like it's uh, yeah, he's, he's been extremely good since April ended. And his ERA is below four now. Isn't yes, it? ZRA like, for his overall ERA below four. Yeah, three when it was hovering around yeah. six yeah. there at the end of April, right? Yeah, it was six seventy five at the end of April, and it is three ten since. Yeah. Man, he yeah, he's just been great. I, I mean, yeah, and, and and so if you can trot out him, Strowman's been very mm-hmm. good his last couple of starts. Uh, you have Estrada, mm-hmm. who's been an all-star caliber pitcher. So is Sanchez, and Hap has been very good too. Uh, yes. that's a really nice rotation. There isn't the quote-unquote traditional ace. There isn't a David Price here, but you know what? What they've got going on is pretty good. And Drew Hutchison is your sixth guy. Like he's been fine. Yeah, you know, not like amazing, but he's been fine. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you look at the pen. Jason Grilly, I think, has been very good since he arrived. Yes. Um, his ERA plus since he arrived with the Jays is one sixty six. Can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think he was just so excited to, to not be, be on, on not Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, like, I'm on any has... of the other twenty nine teams. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was just yeah. it. He's like, what? I'm thirty nine and I'm on a contender or ish team now. Oh boy! <laughs> Very good. Oh, I'm gonna be throwing heat. Uh, yeah. yeah, Osuna has obviously been awesome because he just is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's been Brett some blow-ups been, in the Brett season. Yeah, he's been decent. He got back. Injury. And there have been some blow-ups out there. Obviously, a lot of them related to Drew Storen. Yes. Um And the thing about the Drew Storen trade is, you do that trade 100 percent of the time. That's oh, yeah. the thing that makes the crap out of me. Because like people, they're the people who still talk about like. Because Ben Revere is, have, is having a very decent year since he got back 
from injury from the Nationals, right? Yeah. Like he, he was hurt for a little bit in the in the early going, but since he's got back, he's been Ben Revere, where he has two skills. Of, like of the five skills they talk about in baseball, he has two of them, which is contact and speed, and he has been doing that. And you know, Drew Storen's been you know making a schief for the uh, for the Blue Jays for the last. <laughs> but the the thing you forget about that trade is if they don't make that trade, which at the time I I absolutely loved it because I like Storen, I thought he had good stuff. And he was going to be a great eighth inning guy. And remember the beginning of the season, it was like, who's going to be the closer, Storner or Osuna? Turns out they but, made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about that one, about that trade, was it also got Aaron Sanchez out of the bullpen and into the starting lineup, which people seem to have forgotten was kind of the whole freaking point yes. of that. Um, so they, I, I think they still need to go get a bullpen guy. Oh, absolutely. Which, which that is, that is the, th- the easiest thing to go find this time of year. Yeah, like now I don't think they're going to go and get a Andrew Miller no, so or, or or a Patantis or whatever because the Yankees have been dangling all of their guys. The Ch- like even Chapman apparently who they just gave a buttload of dimes yeah. to, I, they're somehow dangling him. I, I don't They'll know. They'll figure something out. There'll be some team. Yeah. Andrew Miller is not finishing the year with the year in a Yankees in, in the Yankees uniform. I think I think he's the guy who gets moved. I don't think I they think, can move. I think Chap- they move Chapman and Miller. Really, you think so? And I, I think, think they keep Batances. Batances is kind of the future in that role, but yeah, there's no. I, I was like, they're not moving Batances. Miller, who I well, love, Chapman's I, contract expires at the end of the year. Miller's doesn't. That's true. So maybe they can move uh, move Chapman. Um, but yeah, there are there will be some bullpens ar- ar- arms out there, which there always are, and they'll improve that spot. And the other spot I think they can improve is if you can find a guy who can play first base and hit left-handed. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't necessarily have to have Justin Smoke on the team anymore. Yeah, there's something to be considered for that. That's true. Like I don't know if that's what they're gonna do, but I think there's a conversation to be had there. Other than that, where does this team need to improve? Where do you have to go get something? You don't yeah, need a, you don't need a starting pitcher. I think you've got six who are fine. Well, the problem is we have the we still have that inevitable, which I think the Jays are just trolling everybody with right now, is the Aaron Sanchez to the bullpen talk. Like I think Gibby's just trolling everybody when he goes like, "Hey, you know, he's going back to the bullpen." And like, <laughs> but um, yeah, Shapiro was not as committed to that when he was asked no. about it recently. He's like, oh, "We'll see." And they've been pretty yeah. steadfast in that like the entire year. And they're like, "Oh, well, you just, just yeah. know in their heads like, well, we didn't realize he was going to be an all star as a starter. Well, now we think yeah. hard, long and hard about this. And if he's still doing it, you, you, I mean, you play him out there. But that said, he hasn't thrown close to 200 innings yet in his career. He's still young. There is some potential for him to hit the wall in right. when we get to the dog days of August. Right. So maybe it looks a little more appealing to move start, into the bullpen. Uh, if they're really worried about that, they should start skipping in the rotation a couple of times. You've got Drew Hutchison in Buffalo. During the All-Star yeah. break, reset your rotation. So Han- uh, Sanchez and Hutchison are kind of on the same schedule. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then you bring up Hutchison to take Sanchez to start. That's a very good idea, Craig. You should uh, phone that in to somebody. I hope that someone that's getting paid by the Blue Jays <laughs> noticed that before I did. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you look at, like, maybe you need another outfielder if you don't love Junior Lake as your fifth outfielder. But even then, like, if you're talking about, well, we could use a fifth outfielder and a backup first baseman. Like, you're in a good spot offensively. I don't think there's any other spots in the team where you're like, oh, yeah, they can improve here, here, here. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we got to get out of here because you sure. have to be somewhere. So I'll ask you a couple of questions before we go. One, are the Blue Jays making the playoffs? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think that there are, like I said earlier, there are three good mm-hmm. teams in the American League. 
Yeah. Uh, Toronto, Boston, and Cleveland are the three good teams in the American League. Everyone else is kind of middle of the road or, or, or worse. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Blue Jays will absolutely be in the playoffs. At the very least, they're getting that wild card, I think. I think they're going to win the American League East. I uh, think oh, I think we'll save Craig News. Well, I I, I I think that eventually if mm-hmm. the Orioles plan on running your Giovanni Gallardos and Baldo and your, Jimenez good lord. The fact that Baldo Jimenez is pitching in 2016 honestly makes me want to puke. Yeah. Uh, and he's he only 30. So yeah, bad. he's terrible. He's only 32, but he's still terrible. Yeah. Uh the fact that the Orioles are going to try to like do stuff like that and think, "Oh yeah, this will be fine." Um eventually that's going to come back and bite them in a really big way. Um, we've seen the Blue Jays try to do stuff like this before with like mm-hmm. the loaded offensive team and guys having career years and random pitchers like the random pitching staff that you piece together. Um, that doesn't work out in the second and uh, 162 games quite as well as it does in the first half, you know. So I think yeah. I think the Orioles are due for some big problems. Last thing before you go, who is the MVP and the Cy Young Award winner in both leagues? Okay. Well, this is going to be the old debate as far as the MVP, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same two guys as last year. But doesn't the American League MVP have to be Josh Donaldson? Um, it could be, but I'm like, telling you, I, I think Jose Altuve is the is the MVP of the American. That League might be right that now. might be fair because Altuve's yeah. been very good. Because mm-hmm. he's added power. Yes. like he's got nine. Yeah. He's got nine home runs right now. Yes, right and. He's hitting 350. Um, yes, he is. Donaldson yeah. is a better defensive player. At a not as important defensive position, but Donaldson's a better defensive player. Yeah. Um, I think that you'll you'll have Donaldson that would get it over Altuve on two fronts. You have the new school mm-hmm. writers that are going to say Donaldson, they're going to look at the defensive metrics, and they're going to say, okay, Donaldson's better, better mm-hmm. on base. And then you're going to have the old school writers who will hypothetically be saying, depending on how things go, and we'll see what Houston does in the second half. But yeah. if Toronto makes the playoffs and Houston doesn't, yeah, I think well, we're looking at back-to-back American League MVPs for Josh Donaldson, which is true. But if Altuve if Altuve hits three seventy-five, he's forcing his way into the conversation, right? Sure, like, like if he sure. Managed to get his average even more right. up there. But if Josh Donaldson puts up a, a nine-win season after putting up the eight-point-eight win season last year, and the Blue Jays mm. uh, have the best record or one of the better records in the American mm-hmm. League, it's going to be very hard to not say Josh Donaldson's the MVP again. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the, and I guess Machado, because like yeah, the conversation be, right now. Yeah, there'll be a Matty Machado conversation, obviously. Yeah, like the conversation right now is Altuve, Machado, Donaldson, and Trout right. in the American League. Absolutely. And Trout is not winning because his team is probably going to barely crack 70 wins. So it's yeah. not going to be Mike Trout oh. based on that. And I, I honestly talk. get that. I, I know I'm a, I'm a big stats guy, and I know the stats guys are usually like, well, you can't penalize Mike Trout for, yeah, uh, for being terrible. on a terrible team, which... I don't think you are penalizing Mike Trout. I think you're just saying, look, this this award, this particular award, I understand how it goes to teams that were at least in the race. The year mm-hmm. that Trout won over Cabrera, or, or Trout lost to Miguel Cabrera in 2012 because Cabrera yes. got the Triple Crown, which, by the way, two of the three Triple Crown stats are not relevant for judging a baseball player, I don't think. Um, and Trout's team didn't make the playoffs, and that was the big reason why everyone voted for Cabrera, even though Trout's team won 89 games, Cabrera's team won 88. Yeah. That drove me nuts. Uh, yeah, that, if, was, if, that was the worst one of all time. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. I'm, I'm right there with but you on that one. if the Angels, as you say, fail to crack 70 wins, and people say, well, I don't know if I'm going to vote for a guy who's on a 60-something win team, I will, I will be absolutely willing to accept that. Yeah. 
there's a pretty big difference between potentially 68 wins and 89. Yeah. That there's just a massive difference in that. Um, so I, you're going. I'm going Josh Donaldson for MVP. Yeah, I'm going to Jose Altuve and Cy Young Award winner. I it's a one man race oh, it's right Chris now. Sale. It's Chris Sale. It's not even yep. close. Um, National League. Who's your MVP and your Cy Young Award winner? Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you allowed to fill out National League Cy Young ballots without writing Clayton Kershaw's name in them? No, and I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to say he's going to he's take going to get both. NL. I'm going to. I think he's going to get both in the in the uh, the national in the national league. I think he's going to be the Cy Young and the MVP. I think that would be if someone were to vote Kershaw for the MVP. I would not. I would not judge them. I just think that for again whatever reason, a lot of yeah. writers are just going to say oh, I'm going to vote guys. for the everyday player. And if the you're voting player. for an everyday player, it's Chris Bryant. Um. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper's in there too. Although well, Harper, Harper's man, not he's... having the, the the typical Bryce Harper year. True. Maybe maybe he'll have a, a huge second half and get himself into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And the, the no argument Arenado's in there. Yeah, too. yeah. The the argument against Bryant is going to be well, he was on this loaded team with all these other great players. So even if he wasn't there, how good would the Cubs have been anyway? But no, I think mm-hmm. I think it's going to wind up being Chris Bryant. Yeah, I just think if Clayton Kershaw has a WAR of twenty as a pitcher. I, I don't think, think people, he's going to get to 20. But. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating a little yeah. bit there, but like you see where I'm going. Yeah. With yeah. yeah. If, if, if his wins a public placement is just so massive that writers can't agree. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I was just going to use the Pedro Martinez argument from a couple of years ago that his wins above replacement was off the charts and they found mm-hmm. a reason not to vote for him anyway, but that was from like 2003. So I, li- yeah. I like to think that the voting or the voters have progressed a little bit since then. And again, like I said, if someone says, yeah, I'm voting for Clayton Kershaw, I will not argue with that person. I just, if I were going to bet on who's going to win that award right now, I would bet on it being Chris Bryant. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. All right. So uh, that's it for this. I mean, we went a little longer than we thought, but that's because the NBA decided to drop a few bombs on us right before the podcast started. It happens. So, uh, you know, that happens. So I guess we will slide this into a – we'll probably – I promise a little preacher talk. So maybe uh, I'll – Maybe just do two episodes this week. I don't yeah, know. yeah, we'll do two episodes this week instead of instead of one big-ass two-hour one. Mm-hmm. So uh, come check back with us later on in the week, and we'll have a little preacher talk because I got, I got, some, I got some opinions on <laughs> – on the Preacher television show that Seth Rogen is doing right now. Uh, Craig Needles, thanks for coming out. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have yeah. you. When are, when are we getting you back on next? Uh, I don't know. Do you want to come on and do the uh, Suicide Squad commentary? Uh, I <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what uh, when, Is that movie out yet? How does that work? No, not yet. Well, we, we, we do uh, – we're going to do a hype one. Uh, either this week, either next week or the week after, before the movie comes out, we're going to watch the uh, animated sh- movie based on the Suicide Squad, and we'll record a commentary track, and that'll be our get everybody hyped for the movie before it comes out in the fifth of August. Okay. So if you want to be in on that one, uh, we'd love to have you on because I mean it's just awesome. It's the DC guys just kicking the shit out of people and having fun. That does so. sound fun. A lot of fun. Uh, take care, good. All sir. right, talk to you soon. See you next time on the Crossover Podcast.